I'd like to ask you to open your Bibles to the book of Genesis. I wanted to use a book you could find. Book of Genesis, if you'd, at, if you'd open to chapter 42, please. Genesis chapter 42. Realizing uh, the program that we were going to have tonight, I have prepared a, a very brief Bible study. I know many of us have traveled for quite some distance to get here, to be here and And I know we're here because of the 50th anniversary, but also we have uh, our regular church family here tonight, and uh, it's their Wednesday night Bible study, their Wednesday night uh, church service, and so I prepared a a very brief um, Bible study. But before I begin that, I just want to say tonight that I'm thankful for the fact that God used Brother Eddie Lapina two different times to guide our ministry through uh, some troubled waters uh, twice, uh, some uncertain times. But once uh, Brother Lapina had uh, thoroughly convinced all of us that he knew for sure that God was not calling him to pastor our church, I personally only had one name to recommend, and I'm thankful for who the pastor that we've had now for these uh, past, uh, I guess it's been about 10 years now, and I've, I've never looked toward the future of our ministry with any more uh, hope and anticipation than I do tonight. I'm thankful that God is, uh, still has his hand upon us here, and we're very grateful for that. We all know that there was a man in the Bible by the name of Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Those sons, to some degree, hated each other. In fact, 11 of them decided to kill one of them, uh, the, the, the brother by the name of Joseph. But Judah decided, well, instead of just killing him, why don't we make a little bit off of this? And so he talked the others into selling him as a slave. Then they took Joseph's coat, shredded it, put some blood on it, took it home, and let their father, uh, and helped their father come to the conclusion that Joseph had been eaten by a wild beast. While Jacob was grieving the supposed horrible death of his son, God at the same time was working things to where his, uh, Jacob's son that he thought was dead, uh, Joseph, would would, uh, be taken down to Egypt as a slave. And you know the story how he miraculously moved all the way from being a slave to being second in command in the entire nation of Egypt. And you know the reason for that, that there was a famine coming, and God was putting Joseph in place in order to be used to uh, store up the food and prepare for the the, the world for, for the fact that the famine was coming. The famine did come. Jacob and his Uh, 11 sons were affected by it. Jacob told 10 of the sons to go down to Egypt and get some food. When they got down to Egypt, lo and behold, their brother Joseph was the one in charge of the uh, distribution of the food. But they didn't recognize him. They hadn't seen him since he was a young lad. He recognized them and The Bible never does explain to us exactly why Joseph did all that he did, but Joseph accused his ten brothers uh, of being spies. He put them in prison. 
They told him, no, we're, we're, we're not spies. In fact, we're brothers. In fact, there's actually 12 of us. One is not, and the youngest, the youngest one is still at home with dad. So Joseph said to him, we'll leave one of the boys here, and they chose Simeon, and I want the rest of you, the other nine, to go back home and get your younger brother and bring him back and prove to me that you're not spies. Then Joseph told his servants, fill their bags with corn, but put their money back in their bag. The nine brothers leave Egypt and head home with their bags of corn, with the money in the bag, not knowing that the money's there. And they arrive back home, and Jacob, I, in my mind, I see him come out in the front yard and, and meet them there as they come home. And we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 42 with verse 29. Genesis forty-two twenty-nine, And they, speaking of the uh, nine brothers, came unto Jacob their father, unto the land of Canaan, and told him all that befell unto them, saying, The man who is Lord, speaking of their brother Joseph, but not knowing that's who they were, of whom they were speaking, the man who is Lord of the land spake roughly to us and took us for spies of the country. And we said unto him, We are true men, we are no spies. We be twelve brethren, sons of our father. One is not, and the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. And the man, the Lord of the country, again speaking of Joseph, not knowing it was him, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that ye are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine of your households, and be gone. And bring your youngest brother unto me, then shall I know that ye are no spies, but that ye are true men. So will I deliver you, your brother, and ye shall traffic in the land. You've heard the term uh, the drug traffic that comes from South America or some phrase like that. He meant come and go, do business here in the land, traffic in the land. Verse 35. And it came to pass as they emptied their sacks, I see them there in the front yard doing this, that behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when both they and their father saw the bundles of money, they both the nine sons and their father, were afraid. I want you to see what their fear caused. I want you to see what Jacob allowed his fear to do to him. Look at verse 36. And Jacob, their father, said unto them, Me have ye, speaking to the nine brothers, me have ye bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not. And you will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. Jacob said, two of my sons, Joseph and Simeon, are gone. And now I am afraid. If you take Benjamin, I won't get him back. Jacob was fearful because of that last statement in verse 36. All these things are against me. Jacob thought 
that all those things that had happened leading up to this moment, when they came back with those sacks with the money in it, and one son's down there in prison, and one son is not, and now they're threatening to take another son away that he fearfully won't get back. But Jacob didn't realize that those events were not against him. They were actually for him. And not just for him, they were for the good of the whole world. Can you understand how distorted his perspective was because of his fear? Because of his fear, he looked at all of those events and thought every one of them was negative when every single one of them was actually positive. And he thought because of his fear, all of these events have happened against me, not for me. And worst of all, because of his fear, he thought all of these events had happened just because of him when they had really happened because of the whole world. Let's look at how Jacob allowed his fear to distort his thinking. Look at verse 36. And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye, speaking of his nine, brother, his nine sons, me have ye bereaved of my children. The first thing Jacob did because of his fear is he blamed the wrong persons. If Joseph had been killed at the time when he said, Ye, speaking to his nine sons, Ye have bereaved me of my children. He was speaking of the two that he thought were gone, Joseph and death. If Joseph had been dead, it wasn't the nine brothers that killed him. It was supposedly a wild beast that ate him. But he let his fear get the best of him. And knowing, or thinking he knew at the time, that a wild beast had eaten his son, he turned around and blamed the wrong people. He blamed the nine boys for the fact that Joseph was dead. And then he blamed the nine boys for the fact that Simeon had been put in prison and was not back there at home like he was supposed to be. It wasn't the nine boys that put him in prison. <laughs> it was, it was uh, the governor of the land that put him in prison. And by the way, it was Jacob's idea to send Joseph out into the field when he was just a little lad all by himself to go find his 11 brothers. If he had been eaten by a beast, as Jacob thought he was, it wasn't the, 11, wasn't the nine boys' fault that, that he was sent out in the field. It was Jacob's idea to send him out there to look for his brothers all by himself as a little lad when he was supposedly eaten by a beast. And it was Jacob's idea. Look at chapter 42 and verse 1. Now, when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do you look one upon another? It was Jacob's idea. He, what he was saying to him was, Why are you just standing there with your hands in your pockets? There's corn down in Egypt. And look at verse 2. And he, Jacob, said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get ye down thither. It wasn't the nine boys' idea to go to Egypt. It was Jacob's idea. But because of his fear, his, his perspective was so distorted, he was blaming the wrong persons 
for what he thought was negative circumstances that turned out to actually be positive circumstances. Now let's continue reading verse uh, 36. And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye bereaved of my children, blaming the wrong persons. Joseph is not. His fear was based on inaccurate information. Joseph is not, in Jacob's mind, meant he's dead. I saw the coat that, 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 that you salvaged after the wild beast ate him. And, and so his fear uh, was based on inaccurate information. Now let's continue reading. Uh, back to verse 36. And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye bereaved of my children, blaming the wrong persons. Joseph is not, fear based on inaccurate information. And Simeon is not. When he used the phrase, Joseph is not, what did he mean by that? Joseph was dead. Now he turns around and uses the same phrase about Simeon. (laughs) Simeon is not, as if, (laughs) okay, he exaggerated the problem. Because of his fear, he exaggerated the problem. Simeon wasn't, is not, (laughs) And I know it's not good grammar, but you know what I'm saying. Joseph is not, but Simeon wasn't, is not. He was just in prison. And they had already been promised, if you'll just bring your brother down, I'll let him go. Have you ever been there? Have you ever let your fear get the best of you? (laughs) Have you ever let your fear cause you to blame the wrong persons? Have you ever realized that your fear was based on inaccurate information? Did you ever look back three months later and think, oh, that's why he said that? Oh, that's why that happened. Oh, that was the rest of the, the, the information that I didn't have at the time. Have you ever let your fear get the best of you, and because of that you exaggerated your problem? <laughs> you exaggerated the circumstances? That's what happened to Jacob. Now, look, if you would, at verse 36 one more time. And Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye bereaved of my children, uh, uh, blaming the wrong persons. Joseph is not basing his fear on inaccurate information. And Simeon is not exaggerating the problem. And you will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. As Jacob's emotions escalated, or as they, as we would say, spiraled down out of control, he made this broad stroke statement that could not possibly be true. All these things are against me. As if he was the only one in the entire world affected by all of these things that were taking place. Not only were they not against him, they were for him. And not only were they not against him, they were for the whole world. (laughs) All these things, he said, happened to make my life worse when really all those things were happening to make everybody's life better. In a moment of weakness, Jacob made a statement that he assumed would only be heard by his family. He's standing there in the front yard. The boys empty the bag. And he says, all these things are against me. And he, 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 he allows himself the luxury of making this statement that will make him feel a little bit better at the moment, thinking that only his family will, will hear it, but actually the whole world heard that statement. And to this night, the whole world is still hearing that statement. We 
you and me, and I say we, including me, we would not be as fearful or discouraged if we'd only realized two things. Number one, when we begin to develop fear, we rarely ever have all the facts. Rarely ever. Rarely ever do we see things from God's perspective. Rarely ever do we know for sure what's going to happen tomorrow. Rarely ever do we know for sure what's going to happen next year. Rarely ever do we know for sure exactly what happened yesterday. Most of the time, our fear is based on inaccurate information. And number two, we would not be as fearful nor as discouraged if we would just realize that not everything in this world happens based only on how it affects me. In fact, very few events are based solely on how it affects me. Very few decisions are made anywhere in the world based solely on how they're going to affect me. Very few situations develop anywhere in the world based solely on how they're going to affect me. Very few circumstances happen based solely on how they're going to affect me. I'm only one of 7.8 billion people in the world, and very few people consider me important enough to dedicate their, their uh, efforts to my demise or my destruction. In fact, very few people consider me important enough to even focus on me, much less be dedicated to my destruction. I'm not the center of the universe, and neither are you. I'm not the center of the earth, and neither are you. I'm not the center of the United States, and neither are you. I'm not the center of Indiana, and neither are you. I'm not the center of Crown Point, and neither are you. I'm not the center of Hiles Anderson College, and neither are you. In fact, I'm not even the center of my own family. The one person in this whole world that focuses more on me than anybody else in this whole world stood over there a few minutes ago, and that the group reading those things, uh, we, we call her Mrs. Young, that She's the one person that focuses more on me than anybody else in the world, but every decision she makes not only is affected by how it's going to affect me, she has to take into consideration how it's going to affect our three daughters. She has to take into consideration how is it going to affect our sons-in-laws. She has to take into consideration how is it going to affect our grandchildren. She has to take into consideration what will this decision she's about to make uh, do to the testimony of our college. What will it uh, do? Uh, will it fit into the rules of the college where she works? Does it fit into the laws of our state? Does it fit into the laws of our country? Uh, does she have enough time uh, to, to do whatever she's considering doing? How much will it cost? And, and how much energy does she have? If she is the one person out of 7.8 billion who focus more on me than anybody else does, then how much less does everybody else's decisions focus on only how they're going to affect me? And Jacob said... All these things have happened against me. 
Jacob told his sons, all my problems are your fault. And Jacob said, all these things are against me. Life, here's what I want to remind us of tonight. Life is not against you. Life just happens. And you are only one of 7.8 billion people who are affected by it. One of our former presidents, Andrew Jackson, made this statement. Take not counsel of thy fears. Tonight I want to say, instead of taking counsel, when you need some advice, instead of going to your fear to get advice, (laughs) why don't you take counsel of your faith? Why don't you go ahead and do what you would do if you had enough faith to do it? Thank you.